0: doing wonderful things are actually very well and I truly mean wonderful I, there's so much you can always choose to look at the negative if you want to But I'm doing my best not to go down that road and focus on everything that's good. And as I jokingly told somebody, even jobless in a pandemic, if you do stop and look around, there is still plenty of good. And as we record, I am sipping on a piping hot cup of coffee. And the highlight of most of my days, and I don't even say this all that jokingly, a little bit in jest, but kind of kind of true. The highlight of most of my days is that first cup of coffee. It is just wonderful. So I'm good and I hope you're good.
1: When I was first preparing for COVID Stories, I went online to LinkedIn and started searching hashtags. I was looking for people who'd been laid off due to COVID-19. This was back in June and July of 2020, and to be honest, it wasn't that hard. I found that the site was full of people sharing their stories. Emotionally raw posts about being laid off had hundreds of reactions and dozens of empathetic comments. I met most of the strangers I spoke with for this podcast on LinkedIn. I was introduced to them by someone I met on LinkedIn. Meet Ross. He's one of the people I met on LinkedIn. And in what I would come to learn was a true representation of the positive approach he takes to life. When Ross was laid off for the first time in his life, he recorded a political campaign style video announcing his availability for employment. When I saw it, I just had to talk to Ross and after our conversation, I couldn't wait to share his story of being laid off and of the approach he took to finding a new job and how for him, being employed meant much more than a paycheck It meant a steady source of affordable health insurance. This is COVID Stories.
0: I'm a huge believer in taking all precautions possible and protecting people as much as we possibly can. And if I had to lose my job to protect people's lives, then so be it. You know, I, I understand that. I, I I could go to bed with that at night. But then you still have to face the reality of, okay, it happened and I need to provide uh, for myself and be able to continue to live day to day. I need to be able to continue to be happy where when I'm not working, can I afford to do things where I can still have fun and I need to support myself? You know, I have an underlying health condition and so much of work for me more than almost receiving a paycheck is actually receiving benefits and health benefits. and. This is all new to me. I, I'll be 34 in October. Kind of crazy I had to think about that. So 34 in a few months. I've worked full-time for the most part in my industry since I was 20. I've never been in this position. I've, I've changed jobs, but I've literally changed a job and started another job. I've never been without a consistent paycheck. I've never been without health insurance, trying to forge my way on my own without really an affordable option. So every day for me is truly, this is probably a bit overly dramatic, but it's just about surviving and getting through the day, knowing that each day challenges are going to pop up and you're going to have to address them. So right now going through that struggle is tough for me personally. In all honesty, speaking candidly here, it's, it's day to day and a lot of it's dependent on the amount of money that I end up receiving from either the state of Minnesota or the federal government on unemployment. Once I hit a certain amount of money, I'm going to be bumped into another tier where my coverage actually gets more expensive. And then if I continue to remain unemployed and don't get a job within a certain amount of time that offers me health insurance. At some point, I'm going to be booted out of the program entirely and have to pay for everything 100% out of pocket. I, I was offered the chance to continue with COBRA at my past employer for a year, year and a half or so. I think it went out to sometime next year, like the middle of 2021, or maybe it was even early 2022. The problem, as I think, is you've maybe seen this and as many people know, For somebody like me making what I was making and trying to support myself on a single income, Cobra just really is not an option. I mean, your money is going to dry up quickly. If you're trying to pay a mortgage or rent and then pay Cobra on what I'm making, you don't have money to go buy the medical expenses that you need that are even covered by co-pays. You're not going to have enough money to pay for all your groceries. You're going to make at least in my situation, I was going to have less money than expenses. And there's only so many expenses that I could cut. So I do have health insurance. I've been lucky enough to be covered by the great state of Minnesota, but it's a little contingent and can honestly change at any moment. But I am thankful to the people within the state of Minnesota that were able to help me find an option that works for me for now. There is a safety net for a second option. But at some point. I'm going to be left on my own once I've received quote unquote too much money. And then I'm going to be back in that game of, well, how do I pay for this? So literally for me, being open and honest, every dime I spend is a conscious thought of do I need to spend this money? My budget's gotten a lot tighter. But yes, I do have health insurance and I'm actually very thankful to my state rep and some people within the office for helping me find that. But it's a it's it's a band aid. It's not it's not going to cover me Forever, again, like I don't have an option to sit on the sidelines and just wait for something to come to me. I mean, I I I definitely want to find a job. I want to make sure it's the right job, but I also can't sit on the sidelines and be out of the game forever. Because you know, again, single income, not married, having an underlying health condition, and trying to pay for that while you're not employed is just—it's incredibly tough. My full-time job right now is looking for employment, which becomes a full-time job in itself, and it really has no set hours. Some days I would say my job is sitting at my computer from 8 to 5. Some days I would say my job winds up taking care of myself a little bit during the day, and then I'm looking at my computer, networking and making contacts in the evening. So it's kind of one of those jobs where there's no set hours, but you're always working. Because I think anybody who's gone through this knows that, man, trying to find a job and trying to figure out what's next and prioritize that in your own mind, that is maybe the hardest job you'll ever have. And when you ask me how it feels, I think the word that comes to my mind is it's just it's it lends itself to anxiety. I saw today I'm getting something from St. Paul, and it's the exact same envelope, it's the exact same P.O. box that comes from the people in the state that are helping me with healthcare. Well, I already just saw that this morning, and my heart started racing a bit going, what do they want now? Are they telling me my insurance plan changes? Are they telling me, or is changing? Are they telling me they want more money are they telling me I'm already being bumped into the other plan where it's going to cost me more money? That's, that's the tough part. In the beginning, a part of that finding the job was making sure that I was, that I was taken care of. So I kept saying, okay, today I am going to look for jobs, but it's not going to be as much because a part of staying healthy and my well-being is making sure that I have these unemployment benefits and that I have health insurance. So I need to get resolution on all of this stuff first before I can take the next step of finding a job. Getting through that process was a little wonky and a little hairy because I was on technically severance. They didn't process my application right away. So it just kind of sat in limbo. And for Six weeks, I didn't know what I would be receiving or what I wouldn't be receiving until, uh boy, just a handful of days ago. So even that was a little bit anxiety ridden. And even as I was trying to apply for certain programs to get benefits for things like health insurance or maybe get other tax credits, it was really tough to fill out those applications because I needed information from the state and I just simply could not get that. And I would call the state and I couldn't even get through because more people were calling than they could process. So that alone are some of those things when I talk about anxiety and just surviving the day and getting through the day. Those are things that would come up. One day I called 63 times and got a busy signal every time. 63 times and I got a busy signal every time. How is that possible? That, That to me is just not acceptable. So that's where I say frustrating, but I'm frustrated with the system. I'm not frustrated with the individual people. I know those people that are working are trying hard to help me, but that doesn't mean that I can't be frustrated by the inability to get through the system quickly and to even track down people to ask questions. Last week, I think Monday through Thursday, all I did was sit on uh, Zoom calls with people that I was networking with, Google chats, sending emails, making phone calls, and by the end of it, this is where I will be a little bit more negative. It, you you know you gain traction, but you don't really see the traction. Everything up to getting that next step is always going to feel like, did I do anything today? Did I make any positive connections? Did this help me? Until ultimately, I get that payoff of finding what's next, finding gainful employment. Now, I know doing these things, putting in the work is going to ultimately lead to my next position. But it does lend itself to a little bit of doubt when you spend five hours, six hours, seven hours And at the end of the day, you're still unemployed. There just always seems to be no end in sight. Every time you think we're starting to turn the corner as far as, oh, well, it looks like less people applied for unemployment benefits or, oh, it looks like cases are going down. Well, then you look around the country and it seems like cases are going up in certain places and then you hear about certain travel bans. It just seems like the deck continues to get stacked against us. And that's why I continue to try and do things that will help with that as far as being active and still taking time for myself. But I truly believe the only way out of it is to continue to put on a good face, be positive, continue to network, continue to talk to people because there there are still people hiring, but... It's a math game. It's, it's tough. I mean, you, you look at places like LinkedIn and you see jobs, jobs that I'm qualified for and know I would be really good at and love the opportunity. Well, you look at a job that's been posted for three, four hours. It's already got 30, 40 applicants. And that's just a job that posted early in the morning or three, four hours ago. That. That gets tough, you know. How do you set yourself apart from other people? And then the humanist inside me, where I want everybody to love each other and get along, I also feel bad when I look at that list and say that's one job. At the end of the day, hundred and ninety-nine of us, if two hundred apply, aren't going to get that job, and we're still going to be in the same situation that we are currently in. And I, and I, I struggle, I struggle with those things, but I also know at the end of the day. I got to get back to work. So I was doing events and promotions. I was technically a promotions manager. So I had a team of some part-timers who would work events for me, but also I would work some of them. And when I say promotions managers and events, I worked for a um, sports media company in town, a, a sports brand. So Radio broadcasting, podcasting, web stories, social media. That's what I was doing. So I was planning events and promotions around things that were happening in the state of Minnesota with Minnesota sports teams. And obviously, when there are no sports and when there was nothing happening, and as we record today, there still isn't much happening, that had a large effect on our business and just in general. Radio and marketing as a whole, anytime the economy suffers, whether it just be a recession, an economic slowdown, maybe there was something that happened unforeseen that caused issues for a month or two, or in this case, a pandemic. Broadcasting as a whole and media as a whole is almost always one of the first things affected because as people look to save money, oftentimes one of the first things businesses will do And you can argue for or against this, but this is oftentimes what happens is people start pulling back their advertising budget. The best way to describe it is I'm only receiving a paycheck if people are paying us to help advertise for them. And the moment those funds start drying up, the tougher it gets for me and people in my position to remain employed. I was let go on a Friday and I had told people in the middle of that week, I could just kind of sense it. And I was getting to the point where when we made it to a Friday and I still had my position, I was thankful. I'd go into the weekend saying, hey, you know, I'm, in, I'm employed for another week. And throughout that week, I just started seeing a few signs that it was probably going to happen. Nothing major. Emails I would send that Typically, I got replies to really quickly. I didn't get them as quick. In some cases, I just didn't get them at all. And then that day, I was made aware by other people in the building that were let go, and I had told them, "Well, I'm, I'm positive it's going to be me too." And then I'll be having this same conversation with you. And and I was told by phone, and and I don't. That's not a bad thing. That's just the reality of the situation where we were at. 80 plus percent of our building was working from home. Unless you were certain positions within the company, you weren't in the building. Again, to lend context to that, over the phone didn't surprise me a ton because I had talked to the gentleman over the phone a few times before during my employment. And also, again, I'd been working from home for six weeks. I hadn't been in my place of employment's building for. Six seven weeks, and and it was it was tough. Even though I knew it was coming, I, it actually was a tougher blow than I think I expected. I thought I thought I could be done with it in a minute on the phone, but it wasn't. It was a little bit longer, and it was a uh, for as bummer of a news. It was a it was a a good conversation, and I and I I don't I'm not trying to make this sound like a positive because losing your job isn't, but it was. Probably as comfortable as it could have been as the situation was laid out to me, what the company was going to do for me to try and take care of me in the immediate, but it was just a devastating blow, you know when you pour your your heart and soul into a position, and I think most people who work do that, you spend so much time at work that most of us want to do a great job when you when you pour your heart and soul into something and you're working 50-ish hours a week, sometimes more, because I was in events and promotions. So there are nights and weekends with that. And, and some days are long. And but when that's gone in literally a second, I mean, that's, that's tough. I mean, that's, that's incredibly tough. I, I'd like to think for the most part at this point, I'm over it. I wouldn't say I'm 100% over it. But um, I'm in a good spot. I really really do believe that. And I continue to wish the best for everybody at my former employer because I wouldn't wish the situation that I'm in on any of them. So I, I hope that they continue to do well and they make it through this as best as possible. Not many people, although this time around, if you believe the numbers, somewhere around 20%, give or take are sitting in a situation similar to where I'm at, where you're being told, hey, you can't come to your job anymore. For lack of a better way of putting it, you need to reevaluate life. And I would never wish this upon anybody, but it's also not an entirely bad spot to be in if you are prepared for it. The important thing, if I can pass on at least words of advice, if I'm even qualified to give it, I think if you're in the situation that I'm in, and a lot of us are in due to this pandemic, I think one of the worst things we can do is not take time for ourselves. Now, granted, you can say, well, you have all the time in the world because you're unemployed. (laughs) And I guess I could hear that. But what I'm saying is, don't spend all this time on the negative. Don't grind, grind, grind to the point you're not at least taking time to enjoy things Some days I struggle with it more than others. Some days the anxiety of it is more real than others. I know I'm going to find a job. I know it's going to be a good job. I know I'm going to be a great asset to wherever I go next. The whole struggle in this entire thing for me since being let go and being put in this position, all in part to the to the COVID pandemic, is just not knowing when that is. Am I employed by this time next week? am I employed by this time in August or am I sitting out until the fall or into 2021? That's that's the tough part because I just don't know. I mean, nobody's happy to be in this situation, but I, I'm happy to share my story and hope that maybe somebody who, as you said, is in a worse situation than I am, they're feeling worse than I am. They feel like there's no hope. They're so many of us identify our self-worth with what our job is. Well, if that's what you do and you don't have a job, imagine how you're feeling about yourself. One of the great reminders for me in all of this has been, I need to keep that balance. I've always been that guy who works probably more than I should. I hesitate to say it like that, but I definitely know When I go home at night or when I'm done working, I need to do a better job unless something is quote unquote on fire. I need to leave it there. And this has kind of reaffirmed that for me, because, again, no grudges here. But think of how hard I was working and know I was working to try and make it work. And then in a second it was gone. If it can literally be gone that quick, why am I? trying to hold myself to standards that I probably can't meet. So I want to make sure I'm kicking butt and doing the best job I can possibly do for my employer and for myself. But I also know, and I hope that this is a good reminder to people listening, that I just need to do a better job taking care of myself when I when I leave work. And this has reaffirmed that for me. So I'm choosing to try and be better at that. And I know I'll be challenged at that. I absolutely know I will be. It's just the way that I operate. But I I do know that for me, I want to make sure that I work on having that better work-life balance because I just don't think it's sustainable in the long run to be one of those people who seven days a week is constantly checking their phone and replying to emails. I'm not convinced that that's good for me or even my employer to be that person. So I guess that would be my advice. And I just want to share with people. And this seems so cliche to say, you know, you almost cringe when you hear it. The, oh, we're all in this together. But you know what? We truly are. You know, most people that were let go and they're in positions like I was flat out told you're not being let go because of anything that you did. This is just this pandemic has had a dramatic effect on how we operate. And I know so many people are in that boat. So, so many of us get to this point where we're in a spot where we just don't know, we don't know what's next and we don't know where we're going. But we were all put here, a good chunk of us were put here because of the pandemic and unforeseen circumstance. And I hope I can convey that message to people who might be listening to this, that, hey, you were probably doing a wonderful job. And you should not think anything less of yourself because hopefully, a once in a generation, once every 100 year pandemic, virus, disease, whatever it is, got in the way and cost you your position. I think we need to constantly remind ourselves we're good at what we do, and eventually, somebody's going to see it, and we will take our talents to somebody else who's going to benefit from employing us. I am confident in myself and I'm confident in those around me that I'm going to get through it and I will be better for it because in all honesty in my mind I think that's the only option. I can't I can't choose to be negative in a weird way. This can be a positive. I, I truly do believe that and I am lucky enough to have Just a really good cast of family and friends, and that is just that that continues to just keep me feeling as positive as I possibly can.
1: Ross did eventually get a new job. At the time this episode first launched, he was working as a frontline fundraising professional for KBEM, Jazz 88 FM, a public radio station in the Twin Cities area and one of the top-rated full-time jazz stations in the United States. And in case you don't think Ross's new job is cool already, it's also a self-supporting project of the Minneapolis school system. If you want to learn more about Ross, check out our website, covidstoriespodcast.com. You can watch his video announcing his availability for employment and learn more about his cool new employer. You'll also find show notes and links for every episode of the podcast. COVID Stories is a self supported podcast. It's produced and edited by me, Nathan J. Vaughn. All interviews presented in this podcast were recorded in the summer of 2020 during the first wave of the COVID 19 pandemic. To learn more about how you can support this project or to submit your own story to be included in a future episode, visit our website. The address, again, is COVIDStoriesPodcast.com. Thanks for listening. This is COVID Stories.